Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. Here's what we got on the show today. A record number of payments made under the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation Forage Rainfall Insurance Program. I had an opportunity to talk to Brooke Martin, one of 16 finalists through the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Two-part feature today on her experience in Calgary, as well as uh, what she plans on doing with what she was awarded. More on that. And the farm weather is in, in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour and right after the break. More on the crop insurance announcement. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The federal and provincial governments have announced a record-breaking $60.4 million in payments made under the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation Forage Rainfall Insurance Program. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt says in a news release, the program responds where precipitation shortages have resulted in feed and pasture shortfalls. This year's growing season saw generally drier than average conditions in several areas, and payments were mostly heavily concentrated in the southwest and west-central regions of the province. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence Lawrence McCauley says in the same news release, while producers face ongoing risks from climate change and extreme weather, these kinds of programs provide a level of stability. A cattle producer from Piapot says she wasn't expecting to be a finalist of the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Brooke Martin is one of 16 from across the country. After participating in the annual CYL Selections Competition August 15th during the Canadian Beef Industry Conference in Calgary. I was honestly so shocked that I became one of the finalists. All of the semifinalists, they were amazing, amazing people. And I was extremely humbled, really, to be chosen and so excited. I was over the moon. I had to call my mom right away and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, mom, I made it. I can't believe it. I was. I couldn't believe the the competition that we had. Everyone there was so amazing and so nice and all really smart and passionate about agriculture and the beef industry. And it was just, it was incredible to meet everyone. It really was. She says her experience in Calgary started with a reception dinner with the other semifinalists and organizers of the program just to get to know everyone. Then everything started bright and early the next day. I think I was up at 5 a.m., to get ready because we had to we started the discussion tables right at 7 a.m. so we were there bright and early in the morning and we just it was really awesome actually the discussion tables I was so nervous going in but man once we 
sat down and you started to talk to everyone and get their ideas on all these topics, it was great to listen to everyone and just take in their thoughts. And I mean, most of the discussions, we started off on topic and then we kind of veered off in a whole different direction, which was kind of cool. And just to even the judges, their responses back to the questions, it was just really eye opening and great to see everyone's point of view. And you really just learn how passionate everyone is. And it was really great to see I coming in had no idea that we even had like this many people supporting the beef industry. I feel as producers, we kind of feel maybe a little alone in maybe not alone, but like we don't feel like we have the support, like what we clearly do. I had no idea that there's these committees and these people fighting for us all the time. So it's just really inspiring to see everyone and everyone there just wants to talk about cows and talk about their ranch and everything that they got going on at home. And it's really great and great to see everyone is really forward for being sustainable and we're all trying to learn something new on how we can better the ranch and the farm and the beef industry itself so it's just it was really great to see and it was a lot a lot of fun we had a great time i best week of my summer for sure it's definitely a highlight one of the topics covered during the judged roundtable discussions was succession planning one of the main topics I think was farm transition and we talked about new technology and how we can maybe get some new people into the egg industry and some ideas on how we can keep the young generation wanting to keep producing cattle and farming and being in the egg industry. And so we had, we had to talk about sustainability and how we can be more sustainable and water management and soil and all these great, really huge, when I first got the discussion topics, I was like, oh my gosh, these are huge questions and like really like broad and like big industry problem relating questions. And like once we got down to it and talking with everyone, I mean, we really kind of broke it up and we went into different directions of the questions, of course, but that was kind of the gist of the questions, I guess. Brooke Martin is one of 16 finalists in the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. After the break, we'll continue to hear her experience at the conference and what she plans to do with her awards. Back with SaskAg Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist, prairieeavestrough.ca. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. We're back with Brooke Martin, the Saskatchewan finalist of the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Before the break, she talked about her experience at the Canadian Beef Industry Conference in Calgary, as well as some of the questions brought up during the judged roundtable discussions on various issues. Here was some of her responses to those questions. The farm transition question, it was really more about like we need to start planning as early as possible with our families and having those hard discussions I think can be really hard with families and I feel like maybe a lot of parents just kind of like we don't realize how much time it's really going to take in farm transitioning and all the work that's behind it and there's lots of bad things. I think you everyone hears all the horror stories about the farm transitioning and all that. But I mean, really, if you have a good plan and you set up the plan and everyone knows the plan and it, you communicate well, it's really good. The new entrance question, I thought I was like, oh man, it would be really cool if there was a scholarship out there for young kids. Like, you know, everyone, everyone gets scholarships to go to university, but that'd be really cool if the government or someone came up with a scholarship 
for kids that just want to take over the farm and that's, that's their dream and that's what they want to do. So, I mean, money is our biggest challenge, right? Is no one can afford to just go and buy a ranch and go and buy cows. You all need the loans and all that stuff. So I think a scholarship would be really beneficial and really helpful for keeping new people and maybe attracting new people into it and saying, Hey, if you want to do this, we'll give you some money and we'll try and help you get started and get on your way. So after the conference, Martin was waiting to hear whether she was a finalist. Uh, no, it took two weeks afterwards, actually. So I just found out on, I think Wednesday afternoon, I found out I was going to be a semifinalist and then they released it on Thursday, yesterday. So it took two weeks. It was nerve wracking two weeks. That's for sure. Yeah, you're like in the back of your head. Well, in the back of my head, I honestly, I truly didn't think I stood a chance against those people. They were unbelievable, the semifinalists. I was like, there's no way. I was just so grateful that I got to go and got the chance to meet everyone. And then to get chosen as a semifinalist, I was totally taken back and so excited, so excited. Martin and 15 other finalists from across Canada are each awarded a $2,000 budget towards beef industry travel and learning opportunities of their choice and be paired with a hand-picked industry leader for a nine-month mentorship in their specific area of interest. She revealed what she plans to do with the mentorship and the money. Well, when I applied, I wanted to learn more about rangeland sustainability since I am I do have an environmental background. So I kind of know a little bit, but I really like to dive into it and um, cattle production, like cow-calf herds. That's kind of what, I mean, I own my own beef herd, but I think learning from a mentor would be great to see their trial and errors and what they did and how it worked and how I can make it work for my own small ranch that I'm trying to start here. So really anything I can learn from my mentor, I will take anything they want to teach me. I'm so ready to just dive in. I mean, everyone said you, you get what you put into this program. So I'm ready to put it all in. That's Brooke Martin of Piapot, one of the 16 finalists announced for the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Coming up on the other side of the break, today's Ag Review. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Brian Young. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. CN and CPKC Rails supplied a combined 98% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 4, an improvement from the previous week's 93% order fulfillment performance. The improved performance in total reflects an improvement in performance for CN and no change for CPKC. In supplying 98% of hopper cars ordered on time in week 4, CN saw performance improve from the 87% order fulfillment performance they posted in week 3. CN performance returned above the 90% performance threshold, having now achieved that mark in 7 of the last 8 weeks. CPKC order fulfillment performance was unchanged from the prior week, with the railway supplying 98% of shipper orders in week 4. CP continues its run with now 20 straight weeks with order fulfillment performance above the 90% threshold. Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan says after talks with Russia's Vladimir Putin yesterday that it would soon be possible to revive the grain deal that the United Nations says helped to ease a food crisis by getting Ukrainian grain to market. Russia quit the deal in July 
a year after it was brokered by the United Nations and Turkey, complaining that its own food and fertilizer exports faced serious obstacles. Erdogan, who previously played a significant role in convincing Putin to stick with the deal, and the United Nations are both trying to get Putin to return to the deal. Erdogan said that Russia's expectations were well known to all and that the shortcomings should be eliminated, adding that Turkey and the United Nations had worked on a new package of suggestions to ease Russian concerns. The maker of versatile tractors and Farm King equipment says the supply chain issues that have pressured its quarterly bottom line have begun to clear. Winnipeg-based Bueller Industries on August 14th reported net income of $16.1 million on $67.6 million in revenue for its second quarter ending June 30th, up from $1.1 million on $57.8 million in the year earlier quarter two. Bueller said it achieved higher sales as it begins to see improvements in the supply chain issues experienced over the last two years. The company said it also expects increased sales during the rest of 2023 on a large backlog of sales and strong demand for agricultural machinery and equipment. Bueller in its second quarter also booked its revenue from the sale of its tillage equipment manufacturing plant at Vagerville, Alberta, which it shuttered in 2021. The company closed on the sale of the former Ezion plant in April. Meanwhile, a brand of air seating equipment dating back almost five decades in North Dakota and beyond is poised to disappear in the 2024 model year. Concord, a brand owned since 2021 by an arm of Swedish seating, planting and tillage equipment firm Vatterstad, will no longer be sold under the Concord name. A selection of Concord's products and design elements will be incorporated into the Vatterstad branded air seater lineup in the near future. The parent firm and its dealer network will continue to provide parts and service for past Concord customers. The Concord name dates back to 1977 when Howard and Brian Dahl, members of North Dakota's ag equipment making Melrose family, founded Concord to make and sell air seating equipment for the North American market. A Winnipeg-area company providing heating pad and lighting systems for hog barns is set to add a U.S.-developed line of hog cooling pads to its product lineup. IHT, or Innovative Heating Technologies Group, has announced it will make and sell a line of water-cooled pads that use a patented system designed at Purdue University in Indiana to launch in the North American market in spring of 2024. The pads use 2-by-4-foot aluminum tread plates over metal pipes that circulate cold water based on input from sensors that gauge whether an animal is too warm. In initial research, the cooling pads led to a decrease in sows' overall respiration rates, slightly lower internal temperatures, and lower daily maximum temperatures. The company is promoting the cooling pad system as a timely addition given recent record heat in North America. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Agri Weather Forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today's sunshine and hazy winds from the north at 20 kilometers an hour, high of 18. Clear sky tonight, some haze. Winds from the southeast at 20 kilometers an hour near midnight, a low of 8. Tomorrow sunny, then becoming partly cloudy in the morning, also hazy. Winds from the south at 30, gusting to 50 kilometers an hour, high of 26, the low 9. Thursday is partly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers, high of 21, a low of 5. Partly cloudy on Friday, high of 22, low 6. Saturday, sunshine, high of 23, the low 8. Sunday, uh, partly cloudy rather, high of 22, 8 degrees is the low. And Monday, partly cloudy, high of 23. Normal highs for this period are around 20, normal lows 5. Sun rose at 619 this morning, and the sun will set at 735 this evening. Taking a look around the province in Estevan, 15. Swift Current in Yorkton, 13. Saskatoon and Weyburn, 14. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Maple Creek at 16.6. Cool spot in Spearwood at 11.3. In Regina, partly cloudy. North-northeast wind at 14 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 56%. Temperature 13 degrees or 55 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 102.2 and rising. Meanwhile, in Moose Jaw, it's mainly sunny, south wind only at 4 kilometers an hour, and the temperature is at 13 degrees. Again, in Regina, partly cloudy, north-northeast wind at 14, temperature 13 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems. Expect the best. With harvest underway, many canola producers will be scouting for disease in their crops. Warren Ward is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. He explains what farmers should be looking for. Sclerotinia is always one that we like to keep track of. And, um, you know, in certain areas that's been uh, not as prominent this year, although there are a few fields out there that, that do have it. And generally those are the ones that were uh, wetter, you know, leading up to that flowering period. So uh, the, that's one that, uh, that, it's always good to keep track of. It is usually the most common disease that we do have in canola. So aside from that one, uh, one I'm seeing a little bit more of this year would be verticillium stripe. That's a relatively new disease for us in, in terms of what's of affecting canola. And it's uh, it's a disease that does show up later on in the year. So, you know, by that swathing time or even later on till uh, till after harvest in the standing stubble, you can you can go out and find it there as well. So uh, what that one does is uh, it, again, starts in the roots and move, moves up into the stem of the plant from there and kind of chokes off the, the water and nutrient supply. So it's one that's similar to when Scouting for blackleg, if you pull a plant out of the soil and, and clip it off at the, you know, higher up on the root, you can uh, can look at that. And if you're seeing some discoloration there, it could be one of two things generally. One would be blackleg, and 
black leg typically looks like that nice defined pie shape black discoloration whereas verticillium is not as defined of a, of a discoloration so it's kind of more of a cloudy appearance or, or grayish appearance in that in that uh, root cross section and the other thing with uh, with verticillium is later on in the season it does show up on the, as i mentioned a higher up on the stem and you can kind of see that outer layer of the of the epidermis kind of peeling away and and seeing some some really uh, small micro microsclerotia growing underneath that so Warren adds that some canola fields may have a gray-black tinge to them. Yeah, one other thing that we're seeing a little bit more of this year is um, alternaria, which is, again, a disease that shows up later on in the season. Uh, usually, uh, it's not uncommon to find it. Some years, it's uh, it's more prominent than others, and it is looking like it is fairly prominent this year. So, But often, that just shows up as uh, you know smaller black uh, discolorations on the pods or, or sometimes on the stem as well. This year, we're seeing a little bit more of it. Uh, and, and really, that one shows up later when that waxy cuticle layer on the canola starts to uh, to disintegrate or, or disappear. That's when alternaria moves in. So uh, again, it's uh, one of those things that some years are worse than others. And it does seem like there's a little bit more of it out there this year. And uh, as well as some of the black sooty molds that uh, you can find that just kind of rub off when you when you touch them so i've heard some reports of people who are swathing and and just having uh, a lot of uh, kind of fine black dust covering everything and and that would be uh, would be the cause of that he says alternaria shouldn't affect yields so typically the ones that show up later on in the season like this aren't as uh, uh, impactful when it comes to yield uh, so the alternarias and the and the sooty molds there they're uh, not something I would expect to to really cause any any yield loss. Um, under really severe scenarios, maybe you could see some extra shelling from uh, uh, something like alternaria, but that that's fairly rare as well. So so generally speaking, these the diseases that show up really late, like like those ones, are are not going to cause a lot of uh, implications for yield, uh, especially when compared to something like clubroot or or sclerotinia or uh, potentially even verticillium. And as for its impact on the grading of canola? Uh, no, it, it really shouldn't affect grading. Uh, again, so long as the harvest operations are happening at a at uh, the appropriate timing, so whether it's desiccation for straight cutting or, or swathing, we want to make sure that we've got the appropriate seed color change. So again, depending on which desiccation product you're using, there's a, there's a bit of a range there in terms of what's required for seed color change. And again, for swathing, you know, we, we like to say that 60 to 70% seed color change on the main stem is, is our target. And really what we're looking for there is just making sure that we're not going too early and, and locking in that green seed. He says some farmers have had to deal with uneven maturity of their canola crops. Yeah, uneven maturity can be a tricky one to manage. It's uh, Generally, it's probably been a problem throughout the year. In this area, I haven't seen too much of that, fortunately, as compared to, to some of the other regions in Western Canada that, that have had some, uh, maybe didn't get off to as good of a start as we did here. But um, but yeah, certainly, um, you know, staging of those harvest operations does become more of a challenge with uh, with that variable uh, maturity from a, from a variable crop. So, so that one is one where you'd, uh, you know, hopefully it's a, a pod shatter resistant variety that uh, that you can leave out there a little bit longer, whether that's standing uh, for straight cut or or just delayed swathing to to let as much of that plant mature as possible. 
Warren Ward is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada based in Springside, just northwest of Yorkton. After the break, we'll hear today's Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture report. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Today's report from the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture comes from Canabore, based in Outlook. If you seeded perennial forage this year, did you know that there is funding available for your seed costs? Under the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership is the Resilient Agricultural Landscapes Program, or RALP. RALP provides funding to producers who are looking to improve the resiliency of their lands through the adoption of Beneficial Management Practices, or BMPs. One of those BMPs is the Seeding Tame Forage Rebate. Seeding tame forage plants onto land that was previously annually cropped increases the biodiversity of the landscape, protects the soil from erosion, and provides forage for livestock. The Seeding Tame Forage BMP is a 50-50 cost share program which helps cover the cost of perennial forage seed and establishment of the stand. In addition, there is an option to add pollinator species to the blend or sign an optional five-year land use agreement for additional funding. To see if you have an eligible project, you will need to work with your local agri-environmental specialist at your nearest regional office. To get in touch with a specialist, call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. For more information, you can also visit our website at www.saskatchewan.ca slash s-cap. That's Kiana Bohr with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture based in Outlook with today's weekly report. After the break, the market update. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $13 at $750.82 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is up $2.67 at $327.20. And the rest were unchanged. Durham at $514.74. Feed barley $282.58. Chickpeas $1036.17. Flax $561.54. Lentils $867.50. Oats 301.32, yellow peas 382.89, feed wheat 223.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up two and a half cents at seven dollars and sixty-two cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 6:20 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, the livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of September 5th. Our last regular sale was on August 30th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.40 to $1.55. D3 cows sold from $1.20 to $1.40. 
Counter cows sold from eighty cents to a dollar ten. Heifers sold from two dollars to two forty-five, and good butcher bulls sold from a dollar sixty to a dollar seventy-two. There weren't enough steers or heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Dag reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. The latest pork prices are down to two hundred twelve dollars and eleven cents per ckg. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Saudi Arabia and Russia have agreed to extend their voluntary oil production cuts through the end of this year. The announcements pushed the price of benchmark Brent crude above $90 a barrel, its highest level since last November. That will likely increase the cost for those filling up at the pump and put new pressure on Saudi Arabia's relationship with Washington. U.S. President Joe Biden warned the kingdom last year that there would be unspecified consequences for it partnering with Russia as Moscow wages war on Ukraine. Turning over to the markets now, the TSX is down 111 points at 20,433. The Dow is down 122 points to 34,714. Oil is up $1.35 at $86.90 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 73.40 cents US. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskag today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.